0: The Washington Commanders lose again and lose in the worst possible way. A lopsided home loss to the lifeless and purposeless Cleveland Browns. And they go from having total control over their playoff future to complete elimination, annihilation, group therapy time here on Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, in Commanders fans! The Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA9 Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day, especially and as always, live after these games. Sometimes, unfortunately, more often than not, not going the way that we want them to go, but. I'm David Harrison. My co-host sitting next to me is Chris the Rooster Russell, Russell, both of us credential members of the media covering your commanders. Chris is doing it for Team 980, where you can find Heat and Pete Medhurst live, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, or anytime on the Odyssey app. And you can find me writing about your commanders at Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation.
1: All right, David. Yes, indeed, you are correct on all of that. Uh, And we're going to be more right than uh, just about anybody. But this episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM? Hey, there might be a spot available. And managing your own football franchise? Well, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code ON in all caps in the game. And yes, there might be a franchise available for you to take over because it is a full-scale disaster. Ah, the big story on this edition is the Commanders, David, not only lose at home to the lifeless Cleveland Browns, as you uh, described in our little opening intro, a six-win team coming in, eliminated from playoff contention, playing for nothing. And now, not only do they hammer The Washington Commanders pulling away in the second half, winning 24-10, but they eliminate the Commanders by virtue of the Detroit Lions win against the Chicago Bears, and then the Green Bay Packer win over the Minnesota Vikings. So that's uh, obviously where we start. David, real quickly, before we get into our big plays of the game, if you would have told me this a week ago, if you would have told me this earlier this week, I would have been, ah, that scenario is not going to happen. They're going to play for something, something at least, next week against the Cowboys and now it's a completely meaningless game for the Washington Commanders.
0: Yeah, it's it's completely meaningless for Washington. It means a whole lot for Dallas. And I mean, I, you know, I suppose there's something to be said about keeping Dallas from getting the division. I mean, you're not keeping them out of the playoffs. I mean, seeding, Okay. Got it. But they're going to play. Well, I guess the number one seed is up for grabs too. So, I mean, there's, you know, Whatever, I, I mean, maybe somebody cares about that. I don't think the players in the locker room honestly care about that as as much as some people might. But uh, that to me, that's not a reason to go out there. That's not motivation, right? But that's that's the situation the Cleveland Browns were in. And Cleveland Cleveland Browns came in for nothing with nothing to play for. I mean, other than maybe Amari Cooper wanting to remind Washington that he is that dude. Nobody else on the field really had too much of a care. And Chris, I, I said it on the episode, the final episode last week. I said it on the crossover. I said it on the radio. Like, that was kind of my mindset. I was like, this Cleveland Browns team really doesn't have a whole lot of reason to come in here and give a whole lot of fight to the Washington Commanders. So the only way the Commanders lose this game is if the Commanders lose this game. That's exactly what happened. The Commanders lost. I mean, even in in, in warmups, Chris, I was watching the, the two teams. I was watching the Cleveland Browns. And, I mean, at one point in time, there was such, such a gaggle of players sur- surrounding, like, where Deshaun Watson was throwing that you couldn't really even see that he was the one throwing the ball. And, I mean, this isn't like they're huddled up talking. Like, These are just dudes hanging out on a football field. Like, even going through pregame warm-ups, the Browns are just kind of, like, going through, and they're like, all right, cool. Like, hey, did you book your tickets? Hey, did you book your flight? Hey, where are you going to be this this winter? Like, and then you look at the game. They go through, right? They get, in, they get an early field goal, thanks to, to the interception, or the defense stands up, doesn't let them in the end zone, and they get a field goal. And then they get down again, and they decide, they have three points in their pocket, and they decide, you know what? Eh. Why not? Let's go for a touchdown. What do we got to lose? Right? Nothing. And when they don't get the conversion, you don't see like a team really react to it and go, oh man, like we need to get that back. And we need to come back and fight back. Like, other than okay, and, and you know what? The one I forgot about was Denzel Ward going up against Ohio State teammate Terry McLaurin. Like he wanted to go out there and show Terry, like, hey man, this ain't practice no more. And in a friendly battle way, right? So there were two guys maybe on the field that had something to 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 fight for. If the Washington commanders go out and they put 14-17 points up on the board in the first half. Cleveland Browns basically come out ready to just kind of, OK, let's just get this over with uh, and let's do the same. But the commanders allow the Cleveland Browns to hang around, not only allow them, but then hand them gift wrap them opportunities to come in. And look, these dudes are still competitors. Right. So when I talk about these reasons to compete, I'm talking about extra reasons. Right. Every every football player is a competitor. They want to win. So don't don't get it twisted. I'm not saying the Browns came in and said, ah, we could lose this game and not care. I'm just saying they didn't have that added bonus uh, juice coming into this game. And the Washington Commanders essentially just left 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 them to hang around, and even gave them, like I said, gifted them uh, opportunities that they didn't need to have and need to give them. And the Green said, "Well, thank you. We'll go ahead and we'll take that. We're NFL players just like you, and we'll send you, you know, to your offseason. And now, you know, the Commanders can book their uh, their vacation plans as well."
1: You know some of the things you just brought up there. From a long game, obviously you kind of forget about in the first quarter, first quarter and a half. But you're right; they took points off the board. The Commanders stopped them on fourth down. You thought with a with a long, long scoring drive at the end of the first half, the Commanders were in decent shape, lead at halftime. Finally, maybe get over some of the yips, and then it was basically and quite honestly like a completely different team in the second. Like all the momentum you built on a 21-play, 96-yard drive to end the first half just completely went away over 12 minutes of halftime. And that leads us into our turning point and our big play of the game. And for me, David, it's going to be the Amari Cooper 46-yard touchdown pass from Deshaun Watson. And make no mistake about it, this wasn't anything Deshaun Watson did other than distribute the football on an easy pass to the sideline. This is everything about... Amari Cooper turning, spinning, breaking a tackle by Kendall Fuller and running the rest of the way. And what an absolutely awful, awful, awful job by Kendall Fuller. And I guess he was a little bit annoyed at the media afterwards from what I heard that people were asking him about missing a tackle. Listen, Kendall, stop. Enough. I, I you played pretty well the last nine, 10 games. Fine. You were wretched the first five, six games of the year. You were awful. Yeah. You cannot miss that tackle in that spot. That gave the Browns the lead at 10-7, a lead they would never relinquish. And it was on like Donkey Kong from that point on. And you know, you could name all the, the you know hogs and 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 mascots you want. Here, here, here's what I would say. This
0: performance. Oh
1: man. This performance. This performance wasn't about the hogs, David. This was about a pig rolling around in slop. And the pig was the Washington commanders on Sunday afternoon.
0: Yeah, that's pretty, like that's her? pretty good. If, like if mine weren't over out of reach, out of frame, I would, I would, I would join you there. I might do um, the rest
1: of the, I might do the rest of the show with my pigs <laughs> out here.
0: I don't know that. our. I don't know that our sponsors would appreciate that. Um, no, you're absolutely right. That that was the turning point. But look, I mean, I'm going to go even a step prior to that. I'm going to go with a three and out coming out of halftime. So you, you talk about the 21, 22 play drive, 11 and a half minutes off the clock. You end up with a, with a touchdown, all those things. You kind of make up a little bit for some of those earlier mistakes and opportunities uh, you gave to uh to to the Cleveland Browns and yes Joseph we we always acknowledge all of you we've been throwing all your comments up on the screen thank you to everybody joining us in the Joe, live Joe, chat Joseph everybody impressed. else, Patrick Keith his, Kevin his Twitter we, for
1: breaking news
0: we we appreciate all of you um look i said this to to Linnell on 1067 right uh before the game that the advantage, the spark that Ron Rivera was looking for, right, was essentially the fact that we haven't seen Carson Wentz in a long time. Specifically, we haven't seen Carson Wentz in this kind of newly adapted offense that he's developed with Taylor Heineke. So there are going to be some new wrinkles. So the Cleveland Browns were going to have tape on Taylor in this new offense with Brian Robinson and everything else. Carson in the old offense, but they wouldn't have any tape off Carson in this offense. That's where the advantage was going to come in. That advantage had an expiration date and a clock on it. That's why I told Linnell, and that was the first half. And after the first half, the Cleveland Browns now know what you're doing and they have time to adjust. If you heard Amari Cooper talk after, or, uh, after the game, he said, we went into the locker room, we made some adjustments, we came out, we made plays, we won the game. It's really that simple. The Washington Commanders' opportunity to seize this game was in the first half, and they gave it away. They squandered it. The Cleveland Browns were ripe for the picking, and the Washington Commanders, to quote the great Dennis Green, let them off the hook. That's To me, that's... The that that is the turning point is halftime, because when they came out of the locker room, you go from a 20 plus play drive to a three and out And that was the moment I said the Cleveland Browns have made adjustments. And now this is where real this is where the best coaches get separated from the average coaches. The game plans are great. It's all about the adjustments. Who comes out of halftime with a better adjustment adjusted plan? The Cleveland Browns came out with adjustments. The Washington commanders came out with doo doo. Like flat out doo doo. And, and Chris, before we get to our stock report, because I know we got a lot more, we've got a lot more about this game to talk about. That's not necessarily between the, the sidelines, decisions, fan reactions. We've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about as the week goes on. But I want to say something before we talk to Ron tomorrow and before we record our next episode. There, Ron Rivera has a very tough decision to make on which quarterbacks to start this final game of the season Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell, Jake Fromm. You know what I'm saying? There's only way Ron Rivera comes out of this thing looking right, because if he throws Taylor Heineke in there and Heineke beats the Cowboys, oh, buddy, oh, buddy, are you going to pay for that? If you put Howell in there, same thing. If you put Fromm in there and win, and win, same thing. If you put Sam Howell and Fromm in there, everybody's basically, okay, you're waving the white flag, preparing for next season, and then that's not good. If you put Carson Wentz in there and he beats the Cowboys, you're still not going to win but at least then you can pound your chest a little bit at the end of that game and say, see, Carson was, was the right decision. It was just a bad game. And I'm worried that's the decision he's going to make for that exact reason.
1: Well, there's a lot to unpack there. And uh, I would say I'm going to need a little more time than we have on this particular post game episode to really get into that. So uh, I'll save my response for our next episode, because I do think it's an interesting dilemma now that they've been officially eliminated and, 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 really, there's only one answer to me. There's only one answer to me. I'll give that on the next episode just as a little tease to stay uh, with us. But first, as David mentioned, we're going to get to our stock report. Who's up? Who's down after another dark day at the office to close out unofficially the year? But Guys, this podcast is sponsored by Ultimate Football GM. You know, I'm fired up about our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game, Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed about becoming an NFL GM, hey, maybe you can replace Ron Rivera, you might know that the fans are a little bit frustrated. You want to manage your own football franchise. You want to dream big. You want to trade players, make draft picks, hire the right coaches, fire Scott Turner, hire a new ingenuity, a new ingenuity, a new inventive offensive coordinator. That's what you want to do. Well, you can do all this with Ultimate Football GM. Navigate your franchise through free agency, the draft, all the ups and downs and trials and tribulations of a piece on commanders listeners can get a 100 free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps that's locked on in the game store again locked on in all caps make sure you check it out today download the game just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores that's ultimate-gm.com ultimate football gm All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and or view of the day. Now subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday and Monday local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. Locked on NFL available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. All right so David we um You know, after every game we do this, win or lose, so we kind of take a look and maybe take the temperature of now a team that, again, is going to play for nothing but pride this upcoming weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. Again, you mentioned some of the stakes at hand for the Cowboys. It means something for them. It means nothing but professional pride uh, for the Washington Commanders, but you have to play out the string. And Sunday was – Obviously, a very disappointing performance, but that doesn't mean everyone stunk. That doesn't mean nobody performed well. And for me, stock up is simple. Deron Payne, Um, he had two more sacks, five tackles, uh, some of this without a good deal of it, without Jonathan Allen as his tag team partner because Allen was knocked out of the game with a knee injury in the second quarter. And uh, this Sunday or week. 17 with 11 and a half sacks going into a free agent year for an interior Mm -hmm. defensive lineman. That is absolutely remarkable.
0: That's, that's, that's amazing. And his stock has been climbing really all, I mean, really since training camp and preseason. I mean, his, his stock has been steadily climbing and uh, that's exactly why he's going to get a franchise tag and prove to them he can do it more than one year. Um, But look, he, you know, he got the one sack and he kind of went out there and he, he did the, the thing, you now some people say he's like writing, you know, Deshaun's name in his notebook. I wonder if he's telling the commander, sign that check. Well, yeah, uh,
1: that's what I think he's doing. He's, I'm, like, I'm gonna I'm ask get- him,
0: I'm gonna ask him that question once. Temper he's is like, I'm getting are, paid, or, right.
1: you know, he, yeah, he's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's not worried about Deshaun Watson in his diary. This isn't yeah, Deshaun's yeah. diary, that's, that's no, no this saying. is I'm getting paid, son,
0: absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely agree. Deron Payne, absolute beast. Uh, my stock up, and again, we're not gonna get too deep into this conversation because we've got. Another episode tomorrow. We've got more episodes coming. We're going to dive into all the facets of this game from coach decision making, quarterback decision making, again, fan reactions and the future. Obviously, we hear from Ron Rivera on Monday and get. A, I, I don't expect he's going to name a starter tomorrow, but we'll get maybe a little bit more insight into kind of what he's thinking right now. And Chris will tell you the one answer for the starting quarterback. I'm very interested to find out what this answer is. I don't know. And Chris isn't going to tell me before I hear it on our show. Uh, if you guys have your opinions on who the starting quarterback should be and why drop them into the Locked On Commander's Twitter DMs or into the emails. I would love to read some of those live uh, on the air when we have this conversation on our next episode. So make sure you come back for that and contribute. My stock up is Taylor Heineke. And uh, I'm going to say this kind of shortly because, again, I want to save it for the full conversation. But uh, Heineke, Heineke, Heineke. (laughs) Listen, I'm not – look, Carson Wentz is, is a human being and from everything I've seen, all the interactions I've had with him and, and seen his teammates interact, he seems like a good dude. OK, um, but there's 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 a part of this that's kind of dehumanized because it's between the lines. And I want to make sure that we kind of stay there and understand that, you know, from the human being standpoint, I don't want to get too deep into this. But look, Taylor Heineke ran off the field and he was cheered and, and the fans were, were cheering for him. And Chris, you retweeted the video. I took a video from the press box because I was like, I want to see what this reaction is going to be. As Carson ran off the field, he was booed by the remaining FedEx field fans. Um, Now, look, there was a closer video that somebody shared on Twitter as well. And there were some people mixed in the fans, you know, who who were kind of like, keep your head up. Hey, you know, Carson, you know, another game or whatever. So it's not all negative, but there is a very rabid reaction to what happened on Sunday. And I think it's going to bleed into the future. So for that reason, the Heineke Hive, again, buzzing very loudly, Taylor Heineke stock up.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go for my stock down, and this is obviously going to, again, take more time than we have on this one episode to unpack fully. But Ron Rivera, everything that Ron Rivera and the Washington commanders, for the most part, have touched over the last month, David, has turned to, quite honestly, you know. I I mean, it's, it's just all there is to it, it, right. From every quarterback, you know, from the quarterback change to fourth down decisions to not giving Brian Robinson the ball on the last four fourth down opportunities to being in a position of sixth spot in the Eastern, uh, I'm sorry, in the NFC, um, playoff picture to being eliminated, not in week 18 and game 17. No, 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 no. In week 17 and game 16, again, just a, couple of weeks ago, they were in the sixth spot of the okay. NFC playoff picture, and now they play for nothing uh, this upcoming weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. Everything that Ron did, his leadership, his, again, um, like the the players' coachman, like all the stuff that the culture, all the stuff that people love about Ron, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough to overcome all of the other mistakes bad decisions and bad execution. So for me, stock down starts at the top with the guy in charge of football operations, Ron Rivera.
0: Yeah, it's got to be, and that's unfortunate. Um, But but again, part of the conversation we would get into. Moving into the the rest of the week, we'll flesh all that fully out. Joseph wants to know who the quarterback is going to be next week, and again, we will talk about that on our next episode. So, Joseph, make sure you come through uh, Monday evening on YouTube Tuesday morning for – audio if you prefer it that way we will discuss that and we will each name who we think should be the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders against Dallas Cowboys my stock down is going to be Derek Forrest I love Derek and I think overall his stock is still up but he was exposed a little bit in this game there Mm -hmm. was there was there was a couple of really bad zone coverages by by Derek and 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 one of the touchdowns he was kind of the guy that was supposed to be in that zone uh wasn't really there took a bad angle it was just it was just an all-around bad day i don't know what pffs grades are going to be for him because those are always kind of tricky but when you see a clear zone and you see one guy in an area with a wide open wide receiver it's pretty clear to you who that guy is supposed to be covered who's supposed to be covered by that guy derek forest definitely not his strongest performance again overall stock still up for the year but definitely after this game stock is a little bit down and chris we do have some game balls um but joseph wants to know uh, how you and your kids are doing so i figure uh go ahead and, and let joseph know before we move into our final segment here
1: thank you joe i appreciate it. uh I, and i i remember joe uh kids are doing great just got back from cleveland ironically enough they were they were not too excited about this game on 92 3 the fan in cleveland Believe it or not, they weren't giving their brownies much of a chance. But you know what? The Browns took care of business when they didn't have anything to play for uh, at all. Um, real quickly, Kevin Wolfs, uh says he loves Sam Howell. I was stoked when the commanders drafted him last year. Loved him in college at UNC. Listen, uh, just to give you a little a little look ahead, I think this is going to be a decision that Ron has to make with an eye towards the future in terms of who is definitely going to be on the roster next year. And obviously, Sam Howell is the only one that we can think of that will definitely be on the roster next year. All right, coming up, we will, again, give out our game balls as we wrap up this particular live episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, the immediate aftermath of a disaster for the Washington Commanders. But you know what's not a a disaster? That is when our friends at Built Bar are with us because this episode of Locked on Commanders is presented by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat to wallow in your misery, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays guys and, Of course, everyone's goal, my goal, everyone's goal for the most part is to eat healthier, but eat better. You don't want to compromise taste. Well, if you want to do that, you've got to try Bilt Bar. Healthy, tasty, they're delicious for you, perfect in terms of uh, low in sugar, low in uh, calories, Low in net carbs, or I I should say, yeah, well, low in net carbs and also high in protein. They have delicious flavors like peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, churro, so many different flavors. And you can get them all. You can get the variety boxes. And now the great news. Guys, not only can you get them at Built.com, but also you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Everybody's got one of those within driving distance. Go to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. I saw them in there the other day, right after Christmas. They are ready and able to be bought now at Walmart or Sam's Club. Pick up a four-bar box cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Get in now and grab a 13-bar box of our hit flavors at builtbar and BiltBar.com.
0: All right, guys, we're going to wrap up this conversation today. We are going to give out some game balls again. The game did not go well. Uh, the Washington Commanders losing at home to the Cleveland Browns and then ultimately eventually being eliminated from playoff contention. So uh, here very shortly, it's it's going to be draft season. Uh, guys, we appreciate everybody joining us here on the live and in the live chat. And we also appreciate, of course, as always, those of you listening later on in the audio version or watching on YouTube after uh, this thing has been published. Some comments here from Teddy and from Slammin' um, about the coaching and about Ron Rivera. Again, parts of the conversations along with quarterbacks and and even fan reactions that we will get into in our coming episodes this week, starting next week. This We're, we're trying to focus on the game as much as we can. Um, just because the game does deserve that attention, so we will get into the rest of it starting tomorrow, and we will hear from Ron Rivera Monday, uh, before we record. So we'll have some more insight from the uh, the man in question, assuming he's not fired tonight, which I don't think he's going to be, Chris. Um, I'm sure that you agree. Um, uh, I,
1: I don't think, listen, I don't think he's <laughs> gonna get fired, but I, I will say this I'm a high level, uh, person in the organization on my way out of FedEx field, and you know, um. There'll be some sort of changes. I just don't yeah. know exact, And and that's what this person told me. The question is, is what exact changes? Yeah. It's not going to be Ron Rivera tonight or anytime soon. I can tell you that.
0: Right. Fans, you're not the only ones upset. Trust us. There's a lot of upset people. Um, David Bata is probably also upset, but also it was a good night for him as well.
1: It was. Um, first NFL game. I mean, this guy's been around uh I think since Ron's first year on the international pathway program. Um, and he's just been grinding practice squad, practice squad. They've had exemptions for him, so that's given them extra time. Uh, and now he finally breaks three. And I I I guess his family came over from across from overseas because they said, Oh, this first NFL game. I mean, unfortunately, it didn't work out the way you would like, but I'm sure for the family, it was a thrill, a dream. For Bada, certainly an opportunity that he's never going to forget. And you know what? Sometimes for certain individuals, there are other things besides wins and losses, and this would be one of them. So I thought it would be appropriate to give him a little tip of the cap uh, for, uh, you know, finally getting over that hurdle and getting an opportunity
0: absolutely absolutely so certainly deserving of a game ball there congratulations to david and and his family i mean again you know you want to get the win on top of it but look simply being active and playing in an nfl game is an achievement all by itself so congratulations to him second game ball is going to danny johnson uh look we, we we've acknowledged and discussed at length on this show without about how valuable depth is we've seen that depth in the offensive line tested we've seen the depth of the running back group tested uh, the quarterback depth chart certainly has been has been tested. Um, but That's secondary. Cam Curl was missing in San Francisco, missing again against Cleveland. Benjamin St. Juice out for another game. Derek Forrest is young still. Uh, Kendall Fuller, you know, the veteran, he's about the only veteran that's been on the field. Christian Holmes took some bumps, something like that. But Danny Johnson is another guy who's been stepping up, getting more reps because of some of these injuries. Uh, and overall, again, don't know what his PFF grade is going to be, but he made some very solid plays. Uh, and the and the press box announcer was very excited to announce some of those plays that he made during the course of the game.
1: <laughs> wow, he 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 was excited to announce a lot of things in the press box. But anyway, yeah. uh, I thought Danny Johnson. Yeah, I, I, again, um, I, I I know he had at least the one pass breakup. I thought he had two. Maybe I'm wrong uh, on that. Either way, this is a guy who struggled in August. Who struck? People might not remember the big play he gave up in the Baltimore preseason game, which I think lost and cost him a roster spot. Because remember, they went all the way down to four corners and they cut him and Danny uh, and Elder. And people were like, what, what are they doing? And Danny Johnson obviously came back from the practice squad and he has made some impact plays. He's shown to be able to be, you know, play inside and outside. And as you mentioned, with the injury to Benjamin St. Juice, he's had to play more outside. And, you know, I would say he's at least, you would, you would think a valuable piece moving forward, however they decide to do things. Uh, of course, you have to kind of figure out whether Benjamin St. Juice can ever fully live up to his potential that we know we've seen because he's had trouble staying on the field. So a guy like Danny Johnson who has that versatility, uh, David, I, I think is you know, certainly a, a very important piece moving forward
0: yeah absolutely no i think he's he's definitely proven some value here uh kevin asked why Deami brown didn't play much uh so they don't have the snap counts right in front of me i know cam sims ended up getting a target and a catch but i think honestly guys i think it has more to do with one carson Wentz's comfortability with players two, uh the quick nature of this offense is just not the quick route type of guy he's more of he's i don't say long developing but he's a little bit longer than than maybe a quick drag or something like that logan thomas john dodson terry mclaurin and Curtis Samuel, those four guys alone account for over 20 targets, and Carson Wentz only threw the ball 28 times. So I think that kind of uh, you know shows you why De'Ami Brown wasn't getting used very much. That tight end connection is something that Carson's been known to lean on heavily. Logan Thomas tied for the team league in targets. Um, so good question there, but you know, I think mean, that's really what it boils down to, Chris, unless you have another
1: Well, Uh, I think think people just remember what happened in week four, five against Tennessee, the two long touchdowns, including the 75 yarder. And that's why that comes up just because he did that in that game. Again, they had less of a pass rush than Cleveland with Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney uh, and the other kid uh, that got a sack that beat Charles Leno uh, on kind of a stunt twist, um, you know, from the right defensive end spot. I forgot his name. uh, 69. you know, So, again, I, I think that's part of it. Just because what, something happens in one game doesn't mean it's going to happen uh, in every game. And, David, the number one star, and, again, the number one game ball, I should say, uh, in the three-stars uh, methodology that we use is Deron Payne, who we talked about uh, earlier in the show. Again, when you have 11 and a half sacks, defense, again, allowed too many big plays, but the defense did only allowed three points in the first half. Only allowed three points in the first half. It was when the offense had no answers in the third quarter that the defense fell apart. And again, we've talked about the Kendall Fuller play, the Derek Forrest uh, touchdown allowed. You know what? Deron Payne, as hard as I've been on him in his career, David, he came to play this year and he has cranked it up. And whatever he was writing, whatever that symbol was, to me, that was with a lot of zeros, because that's the amount of money <laughs> that he's going to make if somebody gives him, if somebody gives him a free agent contract. Now the problem yeah. is the Washington Commanders are likely to franchise tag him to prevent oh, yeah. that from happening. Hey, listen, he's going to make a lot of money one way or the other.
0: Yes, yes, he is. He's he's already a fairly, you know, he's got some, he's I'm not trying to get into his pockets too much, but his bank account is healthy. Uh, it's about to get a little bit healthier matthew good point on your comment there saying it looked like scott turner was scared to let carson Wentz throw the ball that is going to factor in our conversation tomorrow so make sure you come back for that conversation but chris before we get out here just want to wish all of our listeners viewers all of you guys uh happy new year hopefully your holidays have been good solid to you and hopefully everybody's happy and healthy uh chris i feel like i haven't talked to you in like a year Uh, i know it's been till last year but i feel like it's been legit year because of last week and we were kind of back and forth and everybody's doing everything, but we're, we're back now uh, just in time to start getting ready for draft season.
1: Yep. We work separate and um, don't have a playoff team to look forward to and cover or a big week 18 game. That's the breaks guys. And uh, you know, again, I, I know we've said, you know, we'll talk more about this, uh, but like David said, we wanted to focus as much on the game. I, I know you guys all want to know who's going to be the starting quarterback in week one of 2023. 20, uh, again, we have all off season to deal with all of these questions, and we don't even have all the answers. So just hang tight. Uh, be with us. We will have continuous episodes, obviously, not only the upcoming week, but as we go through the offseason, and there will be a lot of questions. Quite honestly, I don't know. Uh, how many answers but thanks again for everybody we see you all can't get to everybody but keep on coming back Uh, we appreciate you and uh, we will try and give everybody some love but thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch of the day again make your second listen and watch the Locked On NFL podcast Locked On NFL it's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts if you want to get aboard with us Locked On Washington Commanders at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter DM at LO Commanders, you know the deal, or David Harrison, covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell. Yes, I'm the guy. Even though it doesn't fit well on my face, <clears throat> it was kind of emblematic of the Washington Commanders. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast.